up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. So, Christopher, one of my favorite things to do, because I just love playing games with you, is to make you feel uncomfortable. And I know that anytime you talk about yourself, you feel uncomfortable. So I'm probably going to go ahead and hang up now. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and uh, talk about talk about the, the weather, because apparently we do that really well, Phil. But Chris, you've been making movies, and how cool is that? You're a film producer? What? Let's talk about that. No, Phil, I, I, think, I think the interesting thing is that you know, we, we have lives outside of this. I don't actually know if that's interesting or not. It's probably not, but maybe that's the pertinent thing. And I think ultimately all of this is in, in kind of a way talking about like where we're at now in our lives. And we want to, we want to be true to kind of the, the, the mission, I guess, the, the core ideals of dad's kitchen and, and bringing our families together. But we also don't necessarily want this podcast to get in the way of that. And none of this is to say that we're done with the podcast by any means, Phil. No, I mean, I think we're just getting started. Yeah, barely, barely, barely even started. But uh, I think both of us have had some kind of life things as of late that felt like, even though putting out weekly content is really important to us, they felt like maybe, you know, those life things, family and all is a little bit more important. So, yeah, I mean, I that's, think that's there's kind of whole idea of like this podcast was to help us spend more time with our families and maybe not just more time, but more meaningful time spent with our families. And we just happened to choose the kitchen as that means to an end. And so, you know, if, if the podcast doesn't do that, then it's really just you and me hanging out, which is great. Because Christopher, totally fine. Yeah. you're a good guy. I like hanging out with you. If it's Friday night and we're in the same city, I know who I'm calling. Well, thanks, Phil. So I think I think all of that kind of maybe explains where we're at with our quick tip episodes. I still kind of love the quick tip concept. And maybe eventually that gets spun off into its own podcast or something. I don't know. But it does kind of feel like right now, the combination of all of those things was a little, a little too much, maybe, Phil? for us. And I don't think we want to have that get in the way of a, like putting out solid content every week and b us spending time with our families. Yeah. hundred percent. So, so for now, I think, uh, the quick tips might be on hiatus permanently. We're going to shelve them. I think that's what permanent means. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where we are with dad's kitchen. So hit us up every Thursday. Oh, also weird. Like the quick tips didn't get the downloads that we thought they would in relation to the other episodes. I, I kind of thought they would blow up. Yeah, maybe maybe it's not the right medium, Phil. Maybe it's not the right medium. Maybe the quick tips need to turn into something else. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's been quite the quite the few weeks for us. Quite the few weeks you guys moved. Well, we're yeah, well, we did move right. once and we have another move into an apartment. Out. We are in transitional housing, you might say, and it's actually been great. There's a really a lot of fun that goes along with living in an apartment. A, we don't have to pull weeds and we're kind of in weed season right now. Like everything is just blooming like crazy. I don't have to worry about pressure washing my house. Do you have to power wash your house every year in Colorado? Uh, because of the I don't have to. 
No, not because of pollen, because we live a, on a pretty busy road. Oh, so sure. if anything, we get like road dust, brake dust. Yeah. It's like <laughs> just exhaust. So it's, it's nice too. Yeah. Well, it's actually in the bylaws in my neighborhood that we have to pressure wash our house every spring because of the pollen just kind of cakes up. So don't have to do that right now because we just moved, sold our house, moved to an apartment and we're building and the, the new house is going to be ready at the end of May. So I've got another move coming up. All that to say, man, moving is exhausting. Also, we have three kids now, one of whom is nine months old. He's been cutting teeth. Life is busy. It's not the easiest but I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. And that's the reason I want to push pause on the quick tips. But let's hear about you, Chris, because you've been making some waves. You've, like I said, you've been making movies. And I think the people deserve to know we have a loyal listener base here at Dad's Kitchen. And yeah, like we're doing them a disservice if we don't talk about you. So, yeah, I mean, that's happening, but it's not interesting to me right now. You know, just in and of itself, like that takes time away from my family. And so it's kind of like the, the the remaining time that I have, where do I split that? But then, you know, those kind of come in short spurts, like you know, production on those is not indefinite. So yeah, uh, I think with the time that I have kind of between all of that, there's, there's enough family stuff that can take up a lot of space, Phil. You know, we've, we've alluded to it. Very, very lightly, kind of we like we alluded to a little graham cracker. There's there's another another little person joining us this September. Another probably. little Douglas. Unless he decides to come early. Okay, so we know it's a boy. Like his big brother. So there's that and trying to get ready for that. And then Oliver, you know, actually, and, and this is what I hadn't told you, Phil, and I don't want to take too, too much time away from your episode here. But actually in the middle of, we, we kind of had like a little uh, kind of emergency crisis thing with, with our little guy oh, no. in the middle of uh, this last little shoot. And it was it was uh, the last week of production. And you know, I think I had like a 5.30 call where, you know, and then uh, we were like four or five hours into it. And my dad, who I actually work with, walked over and said that he had heard from Molly and she uh, called an ambulance and had to rush our youngest off to the ER. Oh my goodness. And obviously that was like kind of intense. <laughs> um, and so, uh, thankfully I have like, we have, we have a great crew and people were able to cover for me. And so I took off, I went up to the hospital obviously. And, um, Oliver had these kind of funky little episodes. Basically what Molly had seen was, was Oliver eating breakfast in his high chair. She stepped away for half a second. She come, came back over and, uh, he was like slumped over and his face was blue. Oh my gosh. Um, and she said that she like literally thought he was dead. <laughs> and so she called 911 and was like just holding him and, you know, checking to make sure he wasn't choking and all of that, but couldn't really see anything else wrong. And, uh, she, like he eventually came back, came to, and, um, you know, they got him up to the hospital, started running some tests and things and started to suspect that maybe these were seizures. Not sure. They weren't sure like what was causing him, if it was something major, like a brain tumor or a stroke or something like that. Cause he was having several. And over the course of that day, he ended up having six. And that first episode that she saw actually is a kind of classic type of seizure. He did end up having a couple more intense ones. 
But, uh, you know, we uh, ran a lot of tests, cleared all the major things. Ultimately, you know, he was, they're not entirely sure the cause of any of it. And so they're still kind of diving into it a little bit, uh, doing some genetic testing and, but basically like diagnosing him with epilepsy, which isn't exactly a cause in and of itself. It's more like a condition. It's not saying that these are what cause, epilepsy doesn't cause seizures. It's just the state of having seizures. So he's on meds for that and he's been doing really, really good now. But this was kind of all in that time frame and there was just a lot that we were dealing with. So oh my um, it feels like maybe stepping back from the quick tips can help free up some time to focus on uh, taking care of all of us, Phil. Oh, wow. I am so sorry. But thank you for sharing. It sounds like, Chris, <laughs> you might need a warm hug. Maybe. Also, a cup of tea. Because I got sick right after that. Actually, all of us got sick right now after that. I think Oliver got sick from being in the hospital. Well, what, so, yeah, it's just kind of one thing after another. What might help you getting over the sickness is just a nice warm bowl of soup. Would it, Phil? And of soup. Okay, here's a question. Yeah. Is, is there something magical about chicken noodle soup specifically? Yes, I think so. But then like when I'm having chicken noodle soup, I like to put Ritz crackers in it. And so I wonder if it's mm. just actually the Ritz crackers that are making me feel better. But there is something rather homely about it that feels like a warm hug. Yes. What's your answer it does. to that? I think. I don't know. I'm on the fence with soup, Phil. Yeah, I know. I really am. Actually, you brought this up in a previous episode some time ago. I don't really remember the specifics, but you had mentioned that you weren't a huge fan of soup as an entree because it yeah. lacks, what was the word you used? Like it's not toothsome enough for you? That might be it, but it's kind of like having a smoothie as a meal. Oh, I do that all the time. Like you're not quite sure if that's a, a real meal or not. Like, like, would you have a smoothie for dinner? Uh, yeah, I do it all the time. <laughs> okay. Well, for me, it's like, is this food or am I just like drinking something? And I think I've kind of come to the place where for me, it might be more brothy soups. I, I can really enjoy some some uh, brothy soups, Phil, especially like like miso or something along those lines. But for the most part, I think it's more brothy soups that I, I kind of question. It just doesn't doesn't feel real. Yeah, like so. you can have a bowl of chili and you can feel satisfied. Uh, you can sure. be satiated with your chicken noodle soup if you're maybe not feeling too great. But like a bowl of dashi, which is amazing, maybe just might leave something to be desired. Am I getting this right? Maybe. Maybe that's the key idea is that soup is a side dish. Well, and I suppose I can't disagree with you on that. I'm totally okay with soup as a, as a main course. And it's super rainy here right now. It's been raining like every single day. It's actually raining right now. I did a few sound, extra sound treatments tonight in my office so that you wouldn't hear it. I, th I think we're doing okay. But the, the the rain has really just made me like want to cozy up with a good book and a bowl of soup. Or maybe I'm reading the book after I eat the soup. I don't know. It's... It was a weird metaphor. Nevertheless, Chris, yeah. making soup typically has a lot of steps when you look up a recipe. It has a lot of ingredients and it can feel a bit overwhelming. Like say you want to make your, your world famous chicken noodle soup. Whatever recipe you find, it's going to turn out great. But it can at times, I think, feel a little bit daunting. And maybe that's because when we grew up, we're used to just like the can of chicken noodle soup. So you just dump it in a pan and you enjoy it. And that's that. Whether it's with wrist crackers or saltine crackers or whatever, it's not the way to enjoy soup. Soup now, 
now that we're a little bit older and we've become a bit more worldly, you might say. Anything made from scratch is going to be better, particularly soup. But Chris, it doesn't actually have to be that complicated. In fact, I've broken it down into like some very basic steps on how to make soup. And I think you might enjoy it. I think it's exactly what you need in this season, Chris. I think I'm curious. I here's another question. Is soup seasonal? We'll see. It it it's it's it, it, tough one. Tough one. I know it's a tough one. I think something like chili is seasonal. I think there's a lot of different ways you, you can can't have any good brothy soup. Can't can't do a summer chili. We'll see. You can do a summer chili. That's a true. Nice a nice beautiful spring chili. Mm. Nice and bright. Like a like a Lemony. white bean and yeah. I don't know what goes in a spring chili. Sprigs of something? Lavender. Okay. That's like soapy, (laughs) but sure. But the thing is, Chris, it's just a five-step process on making soup. And this is where we can really enjoy the experience of exploring your own palate and making something that... I guess what I'm trying to say is that you can cook. Like anybody can cook. You don't have to necessarily follow this proverbial recipe somewhere. There's nothing wrong with doing that, but you you can do it if you follow just five simple steps. And so... Okay, Phil, uh, is this influenced by your whole uh, no recipe, recipe cultist movement that you've become a part of? Oh, you mean Sam Sifton? You know, you were making fun of him and you realize that he's like the food editor of the New York Times, right? Well... I'm not making fun of him. I'm making fun of you. There's a difference. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Sam. I actually tagged him in a Twitter post. I was like, hey, Sam, we talked about you in this latest episode and he blocked me. So and thanks he for ignored that. you. <laughs> yeah, no, he ignored. So uh, five steps, Chris. Soup is super simple. Number one, choose a fat. And what is fat? It's olive oil. It's butter. It's, I don't know. It's fat. Duck fat. Sure. You can use a duck fat. Can, 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 can you ever cook with duck fat? Duck fat as your fat? Uh, no. I don't think so, but I've had things cooked with duck fat and like it's pretty good. Yeah, sure. No, like fries. Oh, that does sound uh, good. Uh, where is it? I think it's, mm, is it in Portland, Maine? I think it's in Portland, Maine. There's a place, I think it's literally called duck fat and they think they have, that's that's where I've had duck fat fries. Uh, it's They're a date. Amazing. We should, we should go there. So good. I think it was called duck fat. It might've been called something else. It's famous, so everybody probably knows what what I'm talking about, except for me right now. Except for me, sure. All right, so we've got your fat, okay? And then we want to choose your base. And a base can be a stock, it can be a broth, a tomato puree. You can have a milk as a base. And you can can multiple bases, like first, second, and third. You can mix your vegetable stock with your milk. I don't know, probably not. No, like you can... You can you can kind of hmm. mix certain stocks and broths together uh, based on what type of meat you're using. Like if you're using beef, you can probably I'm probably getting ahead of myself here. But if you're using beef, you can probably get by with using, using a chicken stock. Maybe not so much a fish stock, but nevertheless, choose your base. What are what are, what are you having? What, what do you like? You, you 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 like milk? You like hurling in the bathroom later tonight? Then then have a milk Gross. base. Uh, if we were doing like a nice clam chowder, Phil, sticking with the East Coast, what would the base on that be? What would the fat on that be, Phil? Well, is this a New England clam chowder or a Manhattan clam chowder? Yeah, white. I'm guessing that's a milk base, but it might be mixed with some sort of fish. I don't know. But what's your, what's your fat? Oh, what's my, oh, what's my fat? Oh, uh, probably butter. Butter's my fat. (laughs) Okay. Butter should always be your fat. You, You can mix fats, right? Why not? You can always mix fats. You can, you can mix fats. Yeah. So, so then we've got okay. our fat, we've got our base. Fat, base, 
and then it's time to choose your meat. But what if you're a vegetarian? Then better yet, what if you're a vegan? Then turn off this podcast. No, I'm sorry, that was harsh. I actually like to hurt animals. Enjoy a good vegetable dish. We actually talked about this on our meal planning episode. Try to do it once a week. I'm what you call an aspiring vegan. Okay, like you you appreciate the principles, but I like the idea. Can't stop yourself. (laughs) Yeah, just can't can't hold back. Yeah, see a good steak. Motorboat it, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Phil. What was that? What was that story? What was it? Was it Village Inn? Oh, that's right. <laughs> and you overheard that conversation? Yeah. Should we share that story? Maybe. I don't see why not. There was those girls this, to this day just love steak. Yeah, I overhear this conversation. I don't know if people know what Village Inn is. It's like a. It's like a. It's like a pancake style house in Colorado. Because we don't have them out here. I I looked. We have like a Denny's. We have IHOP. We don't have Village Inn. Anyway, there's this conversation, this group of girls, and one of them is crying. And uh, obviously that kind of piqued our interest, kind of trying to listen in because we're bad kids. You know, I was like maybe 19 at the time. And she's, she's, she's telling the story about all the, all of her troubles and what had happened to her tonight. And I don't know, is like cruising still a thing? Like when you get in your car and you drive down Academy Boulevard and you try to like I don't know, Phil, but I f- meet up with other feel so, cruising people. I feel so out of touch with what is hip these days. Yeah. Oh, a kid said to me the other day, that's drippy. And I didn't know what that meant. I had to look it up. What now? <laughs> drippy. Like, have you heard that? Do you need a Kleenex maybe? I don't know. It's like cool, apparently. Like, that's drippy. This podcast is drippy. So this girl is like telling the story about how she's cruising down Academy Boulevard and she pulls up to this car with a group of guys and one of them, they roll down their windows and one of them just throws a raw steak at her and hits her in the face. And she just starts to cry, like burst into tears, like angry tears as she's telling this story because it's like, can you believe I got hit in the face with a steak? And now she's a vegan for life. Yeah. She's actually a better person than me. We all laughed. That was, yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. So we've got our fat, we've got our base, we've got our meat. And then you get to choose your vegetables. Vegetables can be anything you want. Beans, potatoes, spinach, corn. Uh, You can use kale. Fun fact, kale actually holds up. If you you like want a leafy green in your soup, kale is a great option because it like holds up against the elements and it keeps its crunch in a way. You can use a mirepoix, Chris. Tell us what a mirepoix is. Uh, It is a flavor base, Phil. And we, not to plug too many episodes, but uh, I think we covered uh, a mirepoix in several. Did we actually have an episode just on this? I don't think so. No, I think we had like one on cooking terms maybe. Yeah. I think it could have been covered in that. We maybe covered it when we talked about some of the French mother sauces, but it is a French flavor base that usually consists of carrots, celery, and onions. Bingo. Yeah, it's just like really aromatic and people love it for that reason. The French love it yeah. for that reason, and I love it for that reason, and so do you. And it's just like a well, really when you get all of those cooking together. It's there's something kind of amazing to to that smell and the flavor that those can impart. Just kind of like as a, a base level flavor to a sauce or a soup, hundred percent, or another dish. And so, yeah, you've you, you've chosen your veggies, and again, you can just kind of get creative with it. It's interesting, like with veggies, you you almost can't go wrong. Like you can really just put in whatever you want, and you're probably going to enjoy it. And then, Chris, last but not least, this is step number five. You get to choose your spices. You can use salt, cumin, chili powder, basil. Uh, I don't know oregano if you like that. You can use lavender, celery, salt. 
perhaps. Would you put lavender in your salt? I mean, in your soup? Yes, to both of those. (laughs) Lavender salt's amazing. No, actually, probably not. Neither. But yeah. But how would you know if you don't try, you know? Like, that's all I'm saying. I don't know, Phil. Maybe maybe we need to make some lavender chili next. Okay. Well, here's kind of a good rule of thumb on like what spices go well with certain types of meats. If you are making a chicken soup, often celery seed, marjoram, am I saying that right? Thyme and parsley or sage. Those are great seasonings and spices to, to kind of pair nicely with your chicken. If you want to be a little beefy, if you want to beef up your soup, rosemary and thyme are good options for that. Just like a really good job of kind of enhancing the flavor of your beef. If you're going to go with a tomato base, I might recommend basil or oregano or Chris's favorite fennel. Is, is fennel a spice or a vegetable, Phil? Well, I mean like the seed. I know it's a vegetable, okay. but like okay. the seed goes great in soup. So fennel seeds. Yeah, fennel seeds. Because I could also see fennel itself working well in a soup, but that'd be more on the, the vegetable side, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, you were just we're just setting ourselves up for trying things. That's all. How about chili? La- like chili? I lavender like chili. Maybe lavender maybe mix in some chili powder or cumin. That's probably pretty fairly obvious. But this one was kind of fascinating to me. If you're gonna make a creamy base soup, if you're gonna make your you know your New England clam chowder or uh, I don't know like a potato soup that might have a cream base. Parsley or thyme, baby. Just get after it. Just throw it in there and it's going to be delicious. And where does tarragon fit into this whole uh, rubric here? So so tarragon actually goes great in red meat. It goes great in in uh, white meat and uh, it goes great. You just got to make sure chowder. that you get it inside of the meat. Yeah. you. Yeah. Well, there is a method. You do have to have some insertion probably. Okay, so Chris, we've chosen, chosen, chosen. We've decided upon we have chosen all of the things that we want. We've got our fat-based meat, veggies, and spices. But then, what do we do with it? And this is like super simple, Chris. Step number one: uh, we cook it. Saute your vegetables in your fat. Yeah, like that makes sense. Cook your mirepoix in some butter. Cook your kale in your olive oil. Maybe, probably not. And then cook your meat. That's the thing, you can do that. Yeah, you probably could. But then cook your meat, you know? I like to do it separately. I like to sear my meat, uh, especially... If you're going to throw it in your soup, give it like a really good flavor by by searing it and giving, giving it that Maillard reaction that you're always so fond of talking about, Chris. And then you get to you get to throw in your base, right? Your your stock or your broth or whatever it is. And then combine everything together and you've got yourself some soup. Combine your veggies, your meat and your spices. Uh, side note, if, if you're actually making a milk base, you should probably throw that in last because you don't want to like... You know, I don't know, maybe you do. I actually don't know how to make clam chowder. I've never made clam chowder. But I would imagine if you're making clam chowder, you're probably putting the milk in last. Fennel clam chowder. Ooh, insertion. It's as easy as that, Chris. You've got soup. You've got soup. Oh, but Chris, what is like this whole thing about? It is about taste as you go and just taste it and adjust it and have fun, you know? Like we need to have more fun cooking. Yeah. Okay. Give a spoonful to your kid and be like, okay. hey, Oliver, does this clam chowder taste like tarawine to you? Yeah, I'm not sure how you'd feel about that. He's still a little picky, Phil. He's still a little picky, but it's so, it's kind of super bizarre. He really, he really loves spicy food. You can put salsa on pretty much anything and he will eat it. Like really, for real? Like what if you had like a, like a nice buffalo wing, like a saucy, wet buffalo wing? He, he would probably actually go for that. I love this kid. Yeah, that and bread. Like, yeah, he'll go to town on bread. Doesn't matter what kind. Cornbread, 
croissant. He'll always find it first. And that's like, that's his thing. I mean, I think that's, I think that's what we call the human condition. I've like literally not anyone, not met anyone that doesn't enjoy bread. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris, go make yourself some soup and go read a book. Phil, I think that sounds great right about now because I am fading a little bit. Still recovering. Still recovering. It's not COVID. I took a lot of tests. Many a test, Phil. It's not COVID. But uh, I think some soup sounds great. I'll I'll be waiting for you to bring some over. I'll be right there. I'll be right there. I don't know. Should we do a social plug? Yes, you get to plug it this time. So, Phil, I am totally sure that you're going to have some great recipes, maybe some great uh, resources, possibly some some other interesting facts in the, oh, I don't know, show notes that people can find if they decided to visit us at dadskitchenco.com. Sure. Yeah, we'll have some of my favorite recipes. We'll just kind of dispel literally everything I just said, and I'll just have some recipes for how to make a great soup. And you can just follow that. And how to, how to do it correctly. How to do it. How to do it the right way. And my apologies to every world famous food blogger out there that is going to listen to this because they're super famous and they will then unsubscribe, which is exactly the opposite of what you, the listener, should do. We need you, we need you to subscribe because we need to keep going because we actually really like this show and we need you to give us five stars and we need you to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Dad's Kitchen Co. It's not that hard. It's as easy as soup or pie. Pie day was the other day. Happy pie day, Chris. Yeah, that did kind of happen, Phil. It did, it did, it did. And, you know, contrary to what the last couple of weeks of a couple of repeat episodes here and there might suggest, we do love the show. And it really does help us to get those ratings up. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And good pods. But maybe we'll save that for another episode. Oh.